Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bucks Nation, welcome to a new Real Bucks Talk podcast. This is Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez, and we are finally back, and we're going to have a special guest on tonight, Gene Thomas, my good friend from Buck What You Heard. And uh, first of all, Mark, how are we doing? It's it's good to be back talking Bucks football. It's it's been a couple weeks. It's been a long time, yeah. long long time. <laughs> Feels like years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now there's not much going on, but there's always something to talk about. Right. And as Buck fans, there's always some little drama, some little thing or someone to talk about. So that's what we're here to do. And now we get to do it with a fun guest in mm-hmm. Gene Thomas yeah. from Buck What You Heard. And, yeah, those who don't know, we've known Gene for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, what is it now, three years? Yeah, yeah, going on three years. It's a little while, but, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously our audience doesn't know that. And it's something like we'd like to get out, too, mm-hmm. and have him talk about who he is, right? right. Mm-hmm. So... Let's get him on the phone, get him on the horn real yeah. quick, right? Yep. Don't waste any time. Oh, Gene. Don't do me like this. <laughs> hey. Hey, Gene. How's it going, man? Welcome to... Uh, doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, welcome to the Real Bucks Talk podcast. It's great having you on. Uh, I mean, first of all, how are, how are you doing and, uh, what, what you got going on? Man, I'm actually super excited to be on with you guys. You guys are one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So I'm really, I'm really hyped about being on here with you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Uh, first of all, let's, uh, this is what we do with every guest. Let's, um, get a little bit, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like what do you do besides, uh, obviously being a big Bucks fan, but, you know, just some hobbies and like, uh, you know, outside of football and, and give a little background on yourself. Well, um, I've been a Bucks fan since the eighties and, um, you know, it's just, you know, when you're in Florida, my uncle was a huge Bucks fan and, uh, he always had season tickets. So we went to games from the big sombrero right up until the, um, you know, uh, Raymond James stadium. So football has been uh, a big part of, of who I am, you know, and I just love, year-round love talking football. So 
Uh, one of the big things, um, uh, my job brought me to Arizona from Tampa, and I've just kind of been here since then. And, you know, I've just stayed connected with football and uh, a lot of the different people on social media. And, you know, it's been, it's, I'm very fortunate to, to know a lot of the, you know, the, the big pod, podcasters that are out there. So, uh, you guys included. Thank you, Gene. Yeah, that's awesome. But, but uh, yeah, so, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, if you don't mind. So, what took you from, you said it was your job. So, if we don't mind pulling back the, the layers on the onion a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it? Like, I know it's your job, but like, what, what do you do? Like, uh, like we said, outside of football, like, what is it that you do on a daily basis that, Football is like your vice where you're like, okay, let me get me back to the real man that I am kind of thing. Like, what do you do outside of this? You know, um, just pretty much enjoying life. I love to travel. So, um, you know, at least once a year we try to try to go somewhere nice. Uh, last year, Vancouver. Year before, Portugal. Just uh, This year we're going to uh, uh, Europe. Well, we're going to, starting in the U.K. and then going to Spain and then to Morocco. So um, we yeah. love to travel, you know. It, it's uh, it's one of those things that you kind of you work hard all year year long and you want to reward yourself. So uh, definitely something that I'm really looking forward to at the end towards the end of the year. Hell yeah, that's Gene! Awesome. That's awesome. It's gonna be a little cold up there. <laughs> Do you have thick you skin? Know what? Or you... my, my, I'm, I'm I'm in the I'm in the heat almost all all year long. So the cold weather doesn't bother me. It's kind of nice to go to it because I know I'm leaving it night to come back to warmer weather so mm-hmm. not a big deal all right so you know the difference then so you, you've been from tampa in arizona mm-hmm. so where where is it hotter like humidity here or is arizona just that damn hot i i i think the the heat in florida is way more brutal than the heat in arizona because you can go stand under a tree and <laughs> you can have shade and you're not sweating i mean i can go get in the shower in tampa and I'll even take another shower because of uh, the humidity. I'm sweating again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, huge, huge difference. I, you know, you hear people talk about dry heat, and I used to laugh at people and say heat is heat, but it really is a big difference when you're in dry heat and you can go under the shade and it's cooler as opposed to going under the shade in Florida and it's still hot. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Sweating that's... ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> No, but I agree with that too because, mm-hmm. like, like you, I like we like my wife and I like to travel a lot, and literally we went to Egypt. And it was ninety something degrees. It's the desert, Sahara, right? And I was wearing a sweatshirt, and like, I wasn't sweating or anything. I was like, "Oh, okay, I can take this off now." It's it's like when it gets to one twenty is when they're saying it gets to okay, get your ass back in the bus. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you gotta I, make sure you're drinking a lot of water. Oh yeah, and that's that's that dry heat is when it's like bad. But here you're just you're hot from this. It's hotter in the car than it is outside sometimes. So like it's anywhere you go, you can't get away from it, kind of thing. Right. Nasty. Mm-hmm. But uh, so hobbies though, besides traveling, do you have a little sport besides football you like to watch or something you like to do? Um. You know, I, I love all the other sports. I've been watching a lot of uh, soccer lately. Um, you know, I've been, I kind of picked that up. You know, going to Europe, that's the, the big thing over there is soccer. So right. just keeping up with that. Uh, I'm starting to get back into basketball a little bit and um, trying to follow that a little bit more. Um, 
a lot of the like arena football when you can get it. Um, just you know, sports in general, I, I enjoy it. Even the WNBA, you can you know sometimes you may catch me at a um, at a game there too. So um, again, I just love all the sports. That's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much the same way. I'm watching the the World Cup and women's and the USA team is uh, they're looking pretty dominant right now. So uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. Any sport, um, you know, if it's on, I I, I can watch it all day. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, I guess we'll transition into Bucks football now. Absolutely. Yeah, talk a little. So let's just like kind of recap the off season so far, just give your thoughts about, you know, what has transpired, um, you know, as far as the moves, you know, from coaching staff all the way to, you know, what we've done in, in the draft and free agency, et cetera. And then the big elephant in the room, the Gerald McCoy drama and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> A to Z, you're on the mic. Um, let's hear it. Well, I've been pretty indifferent. I, you know, as Bucks fans, we've been long suffering for over a decade and, Every year you hear it's going to be different this year. And you kind of get to a point where you have a coaching change. Uh, you have a mix-up with players. Then uh, that coach stays around a little bit, and then things don't go as well. They bring in another coach, recycle, do the same thing over again. Um, I want to be a little bit more positive about this year because the way the Bucks went about their coaching search was a lot more promising than what it's been in previous years. So uh, this is some, this adds a little bit more promise to me. And I look at the coaching staff that that's been assembled and you have a lot of teachers on this team. And I believe that you have coaches that are going to put players in a position to succeed. So uh, it's something that's the, the, the biggest part of the off season to me was, was coaching and who they've brought in. And I think a coach can get the most out of players regardless of who they are as long as they execute and, and do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, we, we, me and uh, me and Plus have talked about this for years, four quarters of football, accountability, things that coaches are supposed to do is something that uh, this is what my expectations are. I expect to see that from this coaching staff moving forward. Um, a lot of the off-season moves, were very encouraging as well. Just, uh, you know, just the guys that, you know, some of the guys they brought in, you know, um, and it, you know, from Indomitian Sioux to, um, you know, some of the other guys that, that, uh, the Bucks have brought in and we we haven't even talked about the draft picks yet. So, um, a lot of, a lot of great moves and it's, it's kind of encouraging to see that, you know, you've got the players that, that you, um, you've got players that you can put in position to succeed. So um, that's that's a big part of it. And um, probably the most disappointing part of it has been the Buccaneer Civil War, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. because you've got fan bases from different camps that are upset about moves that are made or moves that are not made. And everything has been one huge argument. And it's time for the Bucks to win. I think once the Bucks start winning games, all this goes away. Mm. But until that time, this is what we will see is indifference on, you know, who's right and who's wrong. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Gene. Just one quick point. Do you feel like it It seems like this fan base, for whatever reason, it just keeps living in the past, you know, instead of looking forward to what's going on currently or presently, 
um, in the future, like, you know, looking forward to this season, it seems like we're always talking about, you know, what's happened before this year. It's like, let's move on and let's get, you know, let's look forward to the team that's going to be presented this year. And, and hopefully it's a winning, yeah. winning squad. Uh, you know, is that, is that you feel the same? Yeah, I do. But, but we're in the minority. Right. And the problem is the Bucks have not been winning. They don't. A lot of these fans don't have anything to hang their hat on, other than the Super Bowl victories or the Gruden era up until what 2007, maybe 2008, and they really don't have anything to hang their hat on, and they don't have anything positive to look forward to, other than the potential of some of the players that have been brought in. So, um, I think again, once the Bucks start winning, I think all this changes. No, I agree with that. I mean, to your points about the coaching staff, I wanted to – because, like, almost every day I I see different people. Like, it's like a service industry. You talk with people from all, all over the place. So you hear people talk about sports teams, their sports team, our sports team, and then they're like, oh, well, now you got a coach. Mm-hmm. And it's like that was the biggest thing with our coaching staffs, like, that we've had. We had Lovey. That was the only one that actually – had done it before pretty much in the NFL and has proven he could, he could win, but he brought an old-style defense that's been proven they know how to beat it now. Now right. you're bringing in, like you said, a coaching staff that knows how to teach, fourth, mm-hmm. four quarters worth of, of defense and offense, yeah. has gone almost all the way to the Super Bowl, and he's consistently won. He's never lost. He's always had a winning record. Mm-hmm. And you you see his, his co- one of his uh, – Offensive coordinators from way back, Freddie Kitchens, is now the head coach of the Browns and saying the exact same things in the Browns, and people are applauding him, but no one's really seeing, okay, that he, he came from the tree of Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians is a huge deal. The coaching staff he has in here is a huge deal. I think the Bucks, like you said, did a better job like with the hiring a firm to pick the guy to make sure they don't blow this decision again, right. to make sure, okay, well, what, right. let's weigh our options. Are, are we just being an idiots for liking this guy too much, or should we be looking at this guy? Mm-hmm. So it's not just staring pigeonholed into one thing. It's looking at everything as a whole, not just this could be the next Sean McVay or this guy is a proven thing. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try and reinvent the wheel. Just go. So I mean, it could be like the the Chiefs guy, uh, uh, Doug Peterson. No, uh, damn, the Chiefs head coach right now, the big boy, Andy Reid. No, yeah, 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 Andy Reid. Yeah, it's the Andy same Reed. thing, right, right mm-hmm. there, like. He was gone, came back, and now he's, again, playoffs almost all the time, mm-hmm. right? So right. You, you, you're hoping that. Like, mm-hmm. Every Bucks fan should be hoping that. And, yeah, right. we're being realistic and saying, okay, this is the best coaching staff we've had. And I think you're thinking the same thing. It's just, again, you got to put it on the field, Yeah, like you're, you're right. saying. And it's yeah, hoping those teachers teach. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, again – uh, Jason Light has has been getting kicked around for uh, years. I mean, going back to Roberto Aguayo, and um, you know, mm-hmm. I look at some of the moves in the off season, and you know, Quan Alexander, who was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, Adam Humphreys, who was picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Bucks couldn't, you know, they weren't going to pay him the money that he wanted, but he went somewhere else. Uh, just what it shows me is that there are quality players on this team. Regardless of what anybody says, my, you know, getting to look at the former regime's body of work, I lean towards coaching 
and uh, attention to details and uh, attention to fundamentals is something that's been missing uh, from this Tampa Bay team for a long time. And you can go through all the coaches if you really wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. The one thing that sticks out to me about this team is the defense was a liability. And, again, that is a, it is kind of a knock on the defensive coordinator that they had and, you know, the players that they, you know, the players going out there not playing out of position and a, a lot of the little things that you saw, a little attention to details. But we can go all the way back to 2010, and the defense has just been a liability. And the fact that they're focused more on the defense a lot this year, uh, it gives me hope that this team will be a lot better than, than what we've seen in the past. So a lot of little things that they've done in the offseason, uh, Deion Buchanan, uh, you know, they re-signed Devontae Harris, uh, just little moves that they've made. Uh, to try to bolster this defense, uh, re-signing Kevin Minter, um, little things that they've done, and I think will pay off in the long in the long run to to really help this team. Yeah, I mean, you get the hole itself wasn't that bad. It was just to me they just weren't used correctly, mm-hmm. and it's not like yeah. we're getting blown out every game. Mm-hmm. And we got blown out maybe two games last year. Yeah, bad, right. bad. I think I think the biggest thing, you know, defensively. You you have to know what your assignment is, and you have to understand positional exactly. positional football. You have to understand where to be on the field, but also you have to know where everyone else is going to be as well, because it it really does take everyone to work as one. Same thing offensively. So there was just a lot of things that were not being told or not being communicated. Uh, there was a lot of things that were just getting shoved under the rug, to to say the least, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. A lot of shortcuts were trying to be taken instead of doing it the right way. And I just don't feel right. like that is going to be going, you know, that's not going to be the case this year with this coaching staff. I think they, they unturn every detail and really make sure like these players understand it. And if they don't understand it, they find a way to make it easier for them to play faster and play smarter. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. And right off the bat, the one thing that stands out to me is you've got Bruce Arians as the head coach. You've got Byron Lefowitz as your offensive coordinator, and you have Todd Bowles as your defensive coordinator right off the bat. Bruce Arians isn't saying, okay, I'm going to call the plays on offense. Mm -hmm. Bruce Arians isn't saying, I'm going to call the plays on defense. Bruce Arians is there to pay attention to details, hold people accountable, bring all this stuff together, and put a good product on the field. And that's what we hope happens. But just as an outsider looking in, as I'm looking at, things being set up right now that's what i'm not, i'm seeing i'm not seeing a guy that's using the word experiment let's experiment on the on the offensive line or um you know some of the things that that we we've seen from you know dirt cutter in the past or the i should say the former regime <laughs> i'll put it that way yeah. and um and i'll just kind of leave i'll leave it at that but you can tell stark differences the from one guy. regime going into it to, to the other one mm-hmm yeah, I, I think just the overall, just the attention to detail, I think is the biggest thing. But communication is, that's the biggest word we've heard this off season, And it just seems like these guys right. are really like in tune. And, and that's not to say they weren't in the past, but it just seemed like on the field, they were lost um, from the get-go. And it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. It seems like practices are going to be much tougher um, this year. It seems like there's just going to be a, a tougher schedule 
um, Monday through Friday, so Sunday is easiest, and that's how it should be. You know, you should go into the test being prepared so it's easy for you, and you can just have fun and, and go out there and play fast, you know, not have to worry right. about what this is or what the answer is to this or, you know, what coverage are they doing here against us or, you know, am I supposed to blitz or am I supposed to play man-to-man? You know, those things you have to know before you get out there. And it just seems mm-hmm. like these guys are going to make sure they're teaching them and also, you know, helping them grow as football players. Yeah, another yeah, point. Absolutely. Oh, sorry yeah, to interrupt, but, but another point you were saying, like you said, like Dirk Cutter or the other regime mm-hmm. was saying how he's experimental things and, oh, we're going to try this. Or he would say, I don't know right. what the issue is. And if I did know, I'd be fixing it. Yeah. And that goes into lack of experience. Yeah. So, and then with Bruce Arians, with the big deals, I mean, we're going to talk about it next, about the Jerry McCoy thing. But he's like, oh, we've done this before. I've I've already been through this. Mm -hmm. He's not on here right now. I'm going to talk about who's here right now. And, like, how quickly he understands what he has to do to push, keep pushing forward. And how confident he is in telling these guys that, no, the talent's here. Talent isn't the question. But we're going to teach you what you're supposed to do to get you to that level. And if it's up to you guys to do it, accountability, like you said. So it's he's instilling them what the heck they have to do. It's up to them whether they do it or not. And they've learned how to lose over and over. Hmm. Let's teach them how to win and see if they kind of make that a habit. Right. But it's it's little things like that. And then even the, the reporters are asking Arians all the time, well, oh, well, what if the players fall into this? He's like, no, 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 it doesn't start with the players. It starts with me up top. Hmm. Because if it, if it trick, it's going to start from me, and it's going to trickle down to them. And if they they think I don't know what the hell I'm doing, obviously they're not going to think they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it, he's right. It starts up top. He's been the most trial and tribulations one. So I think yeah. it's a good signing based on that. Based on just the little bit he's been here, the thing he's saying, all the right things. Again, it's let's see what happens when pads get on and actually games are being played. Right. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I think that's the biggest part. But, you know, fans should have a little bit of hope. I mean, you're looking at an actual accomplished uh, coaching system that, that has been proven to work. Uh, and I believe with the talent that, that's on this team, and that's been another thing, the unknown, mm-hmm. was it the talent or was it the coaching, you know? And right. you, you kind of go back to that. And I was watching some – I was watching the Carolina Panthers game where they – I think they put up like 500 yards, total yards. 400-some yards on the Bucks last year. I saw a lot of missed tackles. And uh, I saw people that weren't sure what they were supposed to do. And this kind of goes back to what um, what Plus was talking about earlier. Um, simplifying the defense, putting players at their strength as opposed to experimenting and putting them in places where you don't know if that's going to work for them. I think we've got a lot of nice secondary pieces that, were just playing in a scheme that wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. I'm, you know, I'm not a head coach, but just as an outsider looking in, that's kind of what I saw was we've got a lot of guys that were unsure about what they were supposed to do. And, um, you know, it, it remains to be seen, but I think that you will see, you'll definitely see an improvement on the defense. I don't think the defense will be the liability that we saw them to be last year. And, um, I think the team will overall will benefit from it. Yeah, I agree with that too. I mean, I you know, and let's look at it. You know, we're not saying like this roster is you know awesome. Yes, it has talented pieces, but yeah, there is still question marks. There's still weaknesses that need to be 
um, either answered or addressed. And I think you're going to see that as we get closer to the season, because like we say, roster is fluid. And I think you're going to see, you're going to see some additions made, whether that be offensive line, maybe they can add another pass rusher or, you know, maybe even a veteran secondary piece that could be in play. So there's going to be some things I think you'll see added, maybe another running back too, because they just cut uh, Sean Wilson. So maybe they add something there. Uh, I just, I feel like, and Arians has said this before. He's like, yeah, we, we never have a complete roster. We're always turning it. We're always trying to make, you know, that bottom part of the roster better. And that's, that's where you win games. I mean, it's the, that latter half of the roster that really makes a difference. So you're not relying on, you know, constant practice squad guys like we have in the past where they have to come up and, and do well or, or over, over um, achieve uh, to say the least. But I think, with our core players that we have, and then, you know, maybe you can get some guys with the coaching staff, you could get those guys to step up their game, like a, a Ronald mm-hmm. Jones, a Alex Kappa, uh, Noah Spence. So if you can get guys like that to produce at a different level than they've shown so far, I think that makes up for it where the question marks come in that we've been talking about, you know, for most of the offseason. Yeah, and they're playing and playing as a team. Playing as a complete team, both offense and defense, and special um, everybody going out and doing their job. That's going to be that's going to be key, especially in the middle part of the season where you have that six game grind uh, that the Bucks are going to be on. It's going to be vital that this team is playing as the whole team, not the offense step up one game, the defense the next, but playing a complete game together as a team. No. I'm- it would be a beautiful thing to see team football, right? Just a beautiful thing. But uh, oh, most definitely. Gosh, right. So, but like you were saying about adding additions to the defense, the biggest addition probably, not including the draft. I'm gonna skip over the draft real quick. But and Dominican Sue adding a Dominican Sue, but that was based off of the substitution or not sub- subtraction of Gerald McCoy. So, what is your quick? Reaction to the Jerry McCoy release and then the Indomitian Sioux signing, and then uh, the football he... gods have a sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, then go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to add, like, okay, and then the the drama of his little what is it the undisputed undisputed thing of yeah. him saying, oh, I feel disrespected because they gave away the '93. He's he's one of the best players ever to play in a Buccaneer uniform. Like, do you agree with those? Or, like, there's a whole lot there, but just go ahead. Can we use profanity? You can use whatever you'd yeah, like. It's explicit. Right. Hell, hell, no. That he's not. No, he's no. There's <laughs> no. I'm sorry, no. And and that and, and I know I probably will get some grief from the people that the the Joe McCoy apologist. But I'm going to say this: the Buccaneers did right by Joe McCoy signing him a seven year extension up to ninety eight million dollars. Okay, $51 million, 51.5 is guaranteed. Okay, now I'm going to ask you guys this before I move forward. Did Gerald McCoy from 2014 to the present play like a player making that kind of money? No, just, I mean, just from what you've seen on film, did he play like a player that was making that kind of money? Well, I mean, 2013, 2013 was his best year. Um, and then yeah. going forward from that point, I would say he was a good player, but he wasn't elite 
defensive tackle from what I saw. Um, as far as comparison to other players that have taken their games to next levels and continued to get better and also made others around them better as well. Um, when you look <laughs> yeah. at the Fletcher Cox, the Aaron Donalds, um, uh, who else? Uh, Geno Atkins, Quan um, yes. Short. And I think, was it Geno, well, Geno Atkins was, what, a third-round pick or fourth-round pick? Uh, I, I believe, pick. yeah, I believe he was a late-round pick. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's just things like that. Yes, he had, me and Mark talked about this before we started recording, it's like he has one great move that he produces, and then he has a great get-off. That's the things that he right. wins with. But when he doesn't win with that, he has nothing else to go with and that's why you see him either getting stopped or double teamed. And mm-hmm. that's the difference with him. Uh, he just wasn't that elite player that can go through double teams or triple teams like you see these other guys that can do it. Right. You know, Fletcher Cox, even Dominican Sue at times. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, good player. And he was a good yeah. Buccaneers player for his tenure. Um, I think he was great off the field. Um mm-hmm. But, yeah, just not that elite level. Because elite players, they get double-digit sacks regardless of who's yeah. around them. Right. I, I agree and, with that. Uh, and, and I want to kind of get back to what I was talking about. But I just wanted to, you know, see if I'm wrong thinking this way. Gerald McCoy was a talent in Tampa. When Tampa had all those mediocre years of mediocre players, you know, throughout, throughout this time, um, and, and Gerald McCoy was that guy that stood out. He, uh, he went to the Pro Bowl. He had a lot of individual accolades. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, I mean, he didn't make players around him better. And, you know, that's not Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy is Gerald McCoy. And I think, you know, a lot of fans did a disservice to him and Warren Sapp trying to compare the two. Right. And, you know, I will continue to say that each guy is totally different. Their attitudes and the way they approach the games are totally different. Just like in Dominican Sue's, uh, attitude towards the game versus Joe McCoy. And I don't, and again, I'm not going to, uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but sometimes I just wonder if he got used to losing at times. Mm-hmm. I just kind of got that vibe from him. I know he went out and played his heart out and he left it on the field at times, but there were just times where I just felt like, you know, okay, we didn't, we didn't win it next year. We'll come back and get him the, uh, we'll come back and get him next year. And you you would see the speeches. Um, I've been working out. Uh, I've been doing this. I've been talking to these veterans, and they've really helped me with my game. And you kind of saw more of the same from the previous year. Mm-hmm. The next year, um, I've been working out with this guy, and he's really helped me. I realize what I haven't been doing, and we're going to be better this year. And it's more of the same. Right. And that's kind of what I've what I've gotten from him. Uh, the the press conference was eerily familiar to me, the Carolina Panthers press conference, uh, the ice cream for the players was eerily familiar to me because of what I've seen from Joe McCoy uh, as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So um, I wish him the best. Um, and as for the, the interview with um, – the interview with what was show was that uh, Undis- first take or yeah, no? Undisputed. Undisputed. <laughs> yeah. Undisputed. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> One of those shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Undisputed. Uh, I think Gerald McCoy really made himself look weak. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people aren't going to agree with this, but he should have come into camp, number one. I'd have came into camp, possibly worked out, and just business as usual because that's 
you know, you're under contract. That's what you're you're supposed to do. When they cut you, you go to the next team, you ball out, you have a good season, then you can go on undisputed and and talk about what happened during that year. But you know, people are going to be looking at that interview and watching his game sober so close this year, and. I think his breakout games will both be against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't <laughs> see him having super games against uh, any other any other teams other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that's what I'm, you know, based on what I've seen and what I think he's he's uh, he's going to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think he went to a great situation, though. I'm not going to lie, like a t- oh, defense that fits what he wants to do and that still fits that three technique system. Kwan mm-hmm. short next to him. Brian mm-hmm. Burns, new addition. Bruce Irvin, uh, Vernon Butler. They have rotations. They have Luke Kuechly behind you. Don Terry Poe. Oh, did he leave? Or is he still there? I think he's still there. So yeah. but, but still, like, just so many options mm-hmm. coming at you. I mean, they, they and then behind him isn't just as good. I mean, there's linebacker. Like, Luke Keekley just himself is just an animal if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. he's in a good situation. If he can't produce double-digit sacks on that one, Goodness. Um, then again, yeah, it's health. But he went. To, I'm I'm happy with the choice he made. Best of luck. I'm not going to doubt. It worked him. out yes. best for him. Yeah, I agree with that. You you're leaving a team that wasn't going to run the four three three technique that you want to run. Even though everyone's like, oh, they they run options. No, it's it's a whole different mold. When Noah Spence is getting a new life, someone's got to lose a life. Okay, so Gerald McCoy's role wasn't going to be as big anymore. And there's no point in paying a guy that his role got diminished a little bit and is losing his one elite trait, which is his get-off. And it's just no point in justifying and paying the guy that much to do something he's not going to be doing as much in this defense. Right. I thought that was obvious from the get-go. But right. I mean, people wanted to fight it, and it was just a long, long drawn-out process. Mm-hmm. But, hey, I, right. I can see why. But he's gone. Yeah. He's and and you, you look at the other two teams that he had the option to go to, and it's uh, and a lot of people are saying, oh, he went to, he went to Carolina to play the Bucs. I think that this benefited him going to Carolina as opposed to going to the Ravens, uh, as opposed to going to the Cleveland Browns. I think this was the ideal situation for him, and I think there's not a lot of pressure on him. He can go in and play his game. Yeah. No, I mean, best of luck, Joe McCoy. I mean, I, I do agree with Plus. He was a good player here. He wasn't great. He was good. Yeah. He had a great elite get off when he was here. It was coming down. Okay, mm-hmm. so you move on. Yeah. Best right. of luck. Uh, so let's move on to the next big topic. Training camp's up around the corner. Mm-hmm. You have all these rookies that are rookies and Ronald Jones, who supposedly blowing everyone's minds. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? Who are your biggest competitions to see? Like, is it secondary? Is it running back competition? What's the O line going to do? Like, what, what are you looking at the most come training camp? It's um, literally what three weeks away. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the running backs. Number one, mm-hmm. um, number two, I'm looking at the offensive line. I probably should have those swapped, but again, I think you've got a a great uh, coach teacher. Uh, to to work on that offensive line, I think the running backs were not used and were not leaned on enough to uh, really get the most out of them last year. And I think the scheme was all wrong. I believe that they're both going to have great years. I think you're going to really everybody's going to know 
Peyton Barber's name by the end of the year. I believe he's going to be uh, 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 he's going to show up better than what he did last year. I'll put it that way. And I think that you know in the red zone you're going to see more of Ronald Jones and uh, Peyton Barber. So uh, just I'm I'm, you know, I'm I'm more excited for them to see what they can do because I really do believe that they were uh, done a disservice last year in how they were utilized. And there were games that the Bucks could have, if they had a decent running game, if they had a good scheme, they could have done a little bit more than what they did. So uh, I don't know. I just that, That's what I'm looking for. And then the offensive line, because I believe that if Bruce Arians, who looks at way more film than I do, mm-hmm. and his staff have decided that the offensive line is fine, I'm, I'm just really excited to see what they can do with it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, we actually, I'm going to get to a question from Ryan Nix. Uh, he says he's looking for some key players to make some noise in training camp. Guys like Kappa, Barrett, and a few more. He says, what are your thoughts on this and any other names you're thinking of? I think you mentioned, I mean, obviously the running backs and then the offensive line, I think is going to be a huge part in where we see probably the most improvement um, and maybe the secondary as well. But yeah, I mean, Peyton Barber, I think, I mean, me and Mark, I we're big fans of him. I just like his story. I like his dedication to his craft. Um, he's always a guy that seems like he's always adding something more to his game each year. And I think you'll see that this year. I think he's going to become a more complete back. I think they're going to use him more in the passing game, which will be good uh, for him and also the offense. Um, and then, yeah, obviously if Ronald Jones can show any signs of that USC, you know, flashes that he showed there and, and the electricity that he presents um that i mean that takes your offense to a whole new level because he's a guy that can just change a game in one play uh and then you have guys like you have guys like um andre ellington and then uh bruce anderson who who's a rookie you know battling out for that that third spot um and really it's going to be interesting to see how many backs they keep will it be three or four i guess it just depends on special teams but and then you go in the offensive line. I mean, Alex Kappa. I mean, he all eyes are on that guy because mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's got to step it up from the right guard position, and hopefully he can be that guy to to take it over because we don't want to see uh, Beninock or or even a Watford, you know, in there. Um, you know, you want to see that young guy take it and just go run with it. Uh, Mark your yeah. thoughts on any other players? I know Ryan mentioned Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Defensively, defensive side of the ball, obviously everyone's going to look at Devin White. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, yeah, how do these guys quickly get used to what a 3-4 is with these outside linebackers who are really defensive ends? Does Noah Spence really just bind to this new defense and actually show up and be the guy that we all thought he could have been? Um, will Carl Nassib adjust to this again? Yeah, he left the Browns, who, was a, who were a 3-4, came over to us, 4-3 defensive end turns it up. He's going back to a 3-4 now. Does he still have the same results? Is it just that Brown's defense that just didn't use him rec- correctly, or did he just not fit that type better, right, or good enough? Um, he's, one of, he's one of those guys. Carl Nassif is one of, another one of those guys that I'll definitely be watching. This is a contract year for him, I believe, and I, I think this is his year to show up, man. He can – and get that big contract. Right. I mean, that, that's usually how it is. They show up on contract years, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping he, he does. We just need edge rushers. But my thing, yeah, who wins the secondary positions? 
because it's still all wide open for that. There's no sealed, signed, sealed, that this is our number one guy. Right. There, there's nothing in that. So everything's open on that one. And then uh, my thing is, yeah, who wins the slot? Humphreys is gone. He held it for so long. Everyone's saying, yeah, Godwin's going to be taking slot positions. But who really, really wins it? Because you would think it'd be Evans and Godwin on your sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, Perryman isn't really a, a genuine slot guy. But, and you hear yeah, a lot he's real of, fragile, too. Right? And you hear a lot of noise now from Scotty Miller. Like, So who, who really wins it? Right. Who? Yeah. But, but is he just a speed guy or does he win a position that's categorized as the, the genuine slot and he's always going to be out there to depend on, mm-hmm. right? So do we have a dependable yeah. guy or are we going to do like a sub someone in based on situation? Do we need really deep ball or do we need quickness? Like mm-hmm. So that's my kind of thing. I mean, obviously O-line, like you said, because that's my hugest Achilles heel of this whole offense and probably whole team. Like that offensive line, I just – and right guard specifically is mm-hmm. the biggest – yeah, oh. it's the right side because we really don't know what we're going to get from Dotson. You know, he's getting up there in age. Yeah. His knees are probably not 100%. Um, so he's going to be playing, you know, kind of just hoping you can get, you know, the most out of him this last season um, that he's probably going to be with us. So, yeah, that right side's a question mark. And really that's probably the that's the biggest question mark we've talked about on this podcast is the offensive line. And, and I just feel like they're going to make another addition there. I feel like they're going to bring somebody in. Um, whether it be a veteran that can be, you know, someone stable enough to, if if called upon, can be a good either tackle or guard kind of kind of player. So, I just feel like that is going to be somewhere they look at. And then, obviously, you know, like Mark said, I think secondary is is really young, but it's also very talented. You have a lot of pieces back there, a lot more speed on defense, which I think is very important. I think that's something that they had to add and. I, I like seeing that. So all those battles, uh, I think secondary and offensive line will probably be the biggest. Um, and then probably next would be like, you know, how does the front seven mesh? You know, how's that going to work with the three, four? And then, you know, you got, like Mark said, your slot, you know, slot battles at wide receiver. But again, that's a different type of slot because they're going to have bigger, bigger slots in this offense. That's how they use Larry Fitzgerald out in Arizona. And then also, you know, now you have Chris Godwin who can do the same. Justin Watson can do it as well. So you have some options there. Um, that's going to be interesting to say the least. But, yeah, I mean, I can't wait uh, for it to get here. But uh, we're just going to have to see how it all plays out. Yeah. And another guy that we just haven't really talked about is Vita Rea. Yeah. Does he take that next step? And, um, you know, I know that you've got, you know, the Derwin James apologists out there that, Buck should have grabbed him. But I think when you look at that move and look right now, I think the Bucks did themselves a favor getting a Vita Vea. And we saw flashes of him on the back end of the season. And you're lining him up with a uh, Indomitian Sioux. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. I mean, I think Vita Vea can – I think he can really take the next step just because of his size and, and speed and power. I think him with next to Dominican Sue, I think that's going to help out a lot just because they're both going to draw double teams. So really that should help, you know, open up your outside players. Um, and another thing that, you know, we talked about Noah Spence a little bit, but, you know, is that going to, is this scheme going to bring back guys like William Golston, you know, guys like that, that can, you know, maybe take their, their game back to, you know, where it was a couple of years ago. So that'll be interesting to say the least. I think Levante David's going to have a hell of a year. Uh, I think he's going to be 
just nasty. I, I he'll put up monster numbers in this defense, um, and probably yeah, same same thing. I think with, he will too. Yeah, same thing with Devin White. I think as well. So yeah, and that, so that's the last question. So of all the rookies, yeah, what, who are you most anxious to see or excited we have or just anything for this defense or let alone Scotty Miller or oh, you, any any offensive player uh, any any yeah. rookie we have I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Scotty Miller I want to I'm I'm a big fan of the underdog and just how he's come in and I just, I love speed speed is is so it's so amazing when when it's working in the NFL speed is an amazing thing and even, whether it's on offense or defense and you know I know Deshaun Jackson didn't work out, but the first couple of games in the season when um, Fitzpatrick was hitting him long, and you see in the speed, and you can't coach speed, and, and not everybody has it. And I look at this kid, and I want him to succeed because I would love to see games where he could just blow the top off of a, a defense and just you just get open. So I, it may not happen. I know he's a rookie. We don't know. He's an untested product. But – I'm rooting for him, and I would like to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he can. I think he can be a difference maker. Um, we're just going to have to see how he adjusts to the pads. He's a little on the smaller side, right. so it's going to be an adjustment for him. How does he, you know, work around that? Can he be outside and inside as a receiver? Um, it, it looks like he has good hands so far. It seems like he's being consistent there, so that's a good positive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about just the rookie class in general. It's going to be good to, and really see it on the defensive side. You know, you really haven't seen that investment towards the defense and the draft and, and that's going to be a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. I, Mark, did you have any other questions? I mean, just, just to add on what you said again, like we always talk about Jason Light and his ability to draft starters. When you think about it, obviously Devin White's a starter. Sean Murphy Bunting's probably likely going to be a slot, if not eventually an outside corner. Jamel Dean is likely going to be an outside corner. Mike Edwards looks like he's already showing enough to, to wow the coaches. And then probably Matt Gay does win the kicking position. That's five, again, potential starters that you have. I mean, people like to down them. I mean, this is very early in the draft process. They haven't even played a damn game, let alone a training camp practice. But – Still, like, looking at it quickly, those are five guys already that have a potential to be big players in, in the actual season, mm-hmm. and they're going to count on. So we, I always look at it that way. And I, I didn't like to pick a Matt Gay. I, I don't like picking kickers early in the draft or just in general based on past. But, hey, I mean, where he was at and what they're going to hope he does, maybe it's competition, but he's probably going to be a starter. I mean, other than that, yeah. like, I think it's, again, a bunch of starters in one draft. Right. And we'll see how to ha- how they grow up to be NFL players. But what it sounds like, they all are a unit. They're all talking with each other. They're all like same same team, same identity kind of thing. All have the same heartbeat kind of thing. And I, I like that already. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, that's the draft to me. Mm-hmm. Anything else on that, Gene? Um, nothing, nothing really. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I just want to see these, these guys play as a collective team, right. holding each other accountable and, you know, playing in their assignments, doing what they're, what they're paid to do and, and not trying to do more. 
um, you know, I, it really frustrated. I mean, I, there was a podcast that me and Plus did, and we were griping about the freelancing that we saw out there, and it was just nobody. Nobody was being responsible for what they were supposed to do. So, mm-hmm. again, as I said this earlier in the show, I just want to see this team play as a whole team, not offensive playing good, not defensive playing good, but everybody collectively, offense, defense, special teams playing as a collective team to win games. And I think they will win games that they're not supposed to this year. Yeah, I mean, let's let's hope. we got to get back on that winning track. Uh, Again, thank you, Gene, for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, Let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, Let let them know about uh, the podcast that you do. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And I've kind of been I've kind of been hit and miss in the off season um, because I really don't know what this team is going to look like or really know what the offense or defense is going to look like. I haven't done a whole lot of shows, but as we get closer to camp, we'll get more consistent. And my co-host Michael Pless will be joining me um, on Wednesdays Wednesdays at uh, 10 p.m. We may move it back to nine. We'll kind of address that when we get closer, but. Um, I enjoy the show. It's a fan show. Uh, if you're in the chat uh, or interested in coming on, uh, follow. If you're following me on Twitter, you can reach me at Buck What You Heard. Um, I'm always open to have fans on because that's the reason I do the show. Is for the fans. It's not because I like to hear myself talk or I. I, I think the fans deserve a voice, and that's what I try to make sure that I can do that. Yeah, that's awesome, Gene. Uh, yeah, I mean we're going to be rocking and rolling, so. Uh, it's going to be fun. And again, thank you for uh, joining us. And um, yeah, have a good night. Mark, any last thoughts? Always good to talk to you, Gene. I miss you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. You got to get you back. Got to get you on here, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. And Gene Thomas of Buck What You Heard. You I-, I love that title. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah, it's a good podcast name. Uh, yeah, Gene is a, a very good friend of ours. Um, we've actually, you know, had the opportunity of been going, you know, went to Bucks games with him and uh, got to spend some time with him personally. So, uh, really nice guy. Um, loves Bucks football, obviously. And uh, yeah, it's always a good time to chat with him. But yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to uh, check us out on iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play. Um, also check us out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram on social media. It's all at Real Buckstock. You can find it there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we're almost there. We're almost getting to training camp, and we'll have more shows as we get closer. We'll probably have some more guests on, you know, lined up and, and talk, you know, some just different perspectives. But as always, go Bucks, and everybody have a great week. <laughs>